Hello, this is Aaron Bounds, pastor of the Anchor Church located in Zanesville, Ohio. I want to say thanks for tuning in today. I hope this podcast inspires you, encourages you, and helps you to live the life God called you to live. Tonight, I want to honor the body of Christ. Give honor to our pastor. There's nobody in the world like Pastor and Sister Bounds and their family. Somebody clap your hands and say amen to that. But I honor the saints of God tonight. I honor you tonight. Oh, oh, everything to God and to this church to be raised up by this body to now have my kids glean from you. I can't think of a, of a safer or better place to raise and have a family than at the Anchor Church in Zanesville, Ohio. I honor you tonight. I've got one verse for you in John 16 and 33. Devil's going to have a bad night tonight. These things I have spoken unto you, that in me you might have peace. In the world ye shall have tribulation, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. You're going to have tribulation in this world, but he's overcome the world. He's overcome every tribulation. He's overcome every trial. If you're thankful to serve that God, clap your hands and tell him how grateful you are. You may be seated. Turn to a couple people around you, tell them the devil's gonna have a bad night. If this power goes out again, I'm going to keep preaching. We just need a megaphone or, a sp- I don't know, a speaker, wire, Bluetooth phone. I don't know. We'll, we'll do something, but we're going we're gonna to have church tonight. I, um, it, it came to me about a week ago. There's a phrase in the sports world, and it goes something like this. Defense wins championships. Have you heard that before? The thought behind it is if your defense is good enough, if you have a strong defense, you're going to win. Well, in my philosophical and studious mind, I decided to, I wanted to find out where that phrase came from. The saying defense wins championships is an old football adage from famous coach Bear Bryant. The saying was especially true in the 80s and 90s, this article says, where teams like the the Bears and Steelers, Brother Randy Call, had all-time great defenses and became dynasties. So I learned that Bear Bryant coined the term defense wins championships. So I needed to dig a little bit deeper because I didn't know who Bear Bryant was. 
So I learned that Bear Bryant was the coach of the Alabama Crimson Tide, and we don't like them around here. But he won in his time six national championships. And I, in my philosophical and studious mind, I decided to look at those championships and see what the score was. Because if defense wins championships, I'm interested to see and see the score. See how that philosophy played out. 1961, he won against the Razorbacks, 10 to 3. 64, won against Old Miss, 12 to 7. 65, he won against Nebraska, 30. Some of y'all are like, why are you starting in sports? Just hang on, we're going to get there. Just give me the runway here. 65, he won against Nebraska, 39-28. 75, won against Penn State, 13, we don't like them either, 13-6. 78, won against Penn State, 14-7. 79, he won against Arkansas, 24-9. And I came to the obvious conclusion that it wasn't defense that won the championships. The team, his team, had more points than the other team. You, hang on, I'm not done. I know Revelation's in the room. I'm not done. In order to score points, you have to be on offense. Wow. And so on offense, he scored enough points to win against the other team. Powerful. Musicians come. So the moral of the story and my message to you tonight is this. Defense has never won a championship. Defense has never won a championship. If the team does not score, the team does not win. Simple. If we stay, if, if you as a football player stay on defense the whole game, it does not matter how good your defense is. If you never get the ball and score with that ball, every game you're going to lose or tie at best. But I didn't get in this thing just to not lose. I didn't get in this thing just to tie. I got in this thing to win. I didn't walk away from that world just to go to a church and try not to sin today. I got into this thing because God gave me something. God put in me something that this world needs to hear and that this world needs to see. I'm not in this thing to just not lose. I'm in this thing to win. 
Some scholar somewhere said, I'm in it to win it. I'm in it not just to get by, but I am in it to win. I am not, amen, a push down for Jesus. I am not a punching bag, but I am more than a conqueror through Christ. We cannot allow the mentality in the church to become, well, I did not sin today, so today was a good day. That has never been the will of God. That is not life and life more abundantly. I don't care what your definition is. That's not life and life more. Well, I got through today. I didn't, I didn't sin. I didn't think that thought. I didn't kick the cat. I didn't, didn't get angry. Didn't do all these things. And so today was a, no, 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 no. That, that's, not, that's not the way God designed it. He didn't design us to just not lose. Goliath is standing before the children of Israel for 40 days. Give me a man. Send me a man that, that will fight me. Send me somebody that will, that will come up against me. And for 40 days, the children of Israel didn't lose. For 40, was it 40 days? Am I telling the truth there? I think it was 40 days. I got my days right. For 40 days, the children of Israel didn't lose. But they didn't win either. They didn't lose. We, we didn't lose. God, we didn't lose. We're still here. And every day, in the morning, there's an enemy showing up. Send me a man to fight. As soon as you send me a man to fight, I'm going to beat him, and you're going to become my slaves, and it's all going to be over. They didn't lose for 40 days, but they didn't win anything. We've got to shift the mentality. There's got to be a David in this room that says, I don't have all the things that it takes to win. I, you come at me with a sword and with a spear, but, but I come to you in the name of the... We cannot become content with not losing. At some point, we've got to pick up faith and we've got to pick up a sling and we've got to say, I'm going to conquer the giant that presents itself to me day in and day out. Well, my anxiety wasn't bad, wasn't too bad today. Today's a win. Well, my depression wasn't too bad today. Today's a win. Well, this pain that I'm dealing with, it, we, we survived today. We're the, we can't get in the business of just surviving. We've got to get in the business of believing that God can heal anxiety. God can heal depression. God can take my pain and turn it into triumph. I can win through Christ. I don't want to live just not to lose. I want to take up the sword of the word of God and fight for this truth. Be seated. We're in this phase. It's funny how, how different you are with all, with, with all your children. We, uh, we just parent Cohen a little bit differently than we do Winston. Than we did, Winston, I should say. Calm down. 
And we did. When, when Winston was that age, you know, we put a bubble around him. And, and uh, now we're a little bit more loose. You know, Lauren, thank God for wives. And uh, Lauren is, you know, the caretaker, and she loves that boy and cares for that boy. I love that boy, too, but she loves that boy and cares for that boy. And Cohen will, Cohen's at this phase now where he's crawling, and, and um, everything that is on the floor is food. No matter if it's food or not. It can be a Lego. It can be a whatever. Whatever's on the floor, it's, it's food. And so... And so Lauren seems like all day is, is just, this, he got into this thing now where he'll see her coming and he'll look at her and then he'll start, he'll start crawling. It's awesome. She'll all day, she, Cohen will, she'll know when Cohen's got something in his mouth, he'll, he'll do one of these numbers. Just looking up at her, smiling. She'll take, she'll take, she'll take her finger, she'll swoop it into, into his mouth and fish that thing out. She gets on me because I'm not very good at that. I, I'm not good at the, the, the swoop thing. I just, it's nasty to me. I'm not going to, you know, I look at him, he's got something in his mouth. He's like, I'm like, he looks happy. He'll be all right. <laughs> he looks content. He'll get it down. He'll be fine. I'm learning. I'm working on the swoop, honey. I'm, I'm doing better at you know, <laughs> not, not, a couple of days ago, I, I had to watch my own children by myself and uh, pray for me. And uh, I had Winston, Lawson, Cohen, and, and uh, Cohen was, was doing his deal. He was going around, you know, uh, you know, just gleaning from the master's table. Just, you know, he's just putting everything in his mouth. And, and uh, finally, it hit me. Why am I chasing this kid all around this house, fishing stuff out of his nasty mouth with my nasty finger when I could just get the vacuum out and just sweep up the crumbs? So instead of fishing stuff out of his mouth, Brother Bell, the whole night, I got that vacuum out. I started sweeping. He was, he was trying to attack the vacuum, going after it. Like, you, you ain't getting my stuff. You ain't getting my food. Get away. Get away. But I went around and swept the house so he didn't have any more crumbs to eat. How many times are we defensive that way, though? Constantly going around, get that out of your mouth. Get, no, don't, don't, don't eat that. Don't, don't do that. Don't do this. Don't get, get, get that out of there. I, I, know you're, I know you're trying to eat that. Get that out. How many times are we on the defensive when in reality all that we would need to do is, is, is get proactive and sweep the floor? And if you sweep the floor, he's not going to have anything to put in his mouth. The point is sometimes you, you got to get away from defense here and you got to move to offense, amen, moms and dads. You got to move to offense, saints of God, and say, I, I'm, I'm tired of dealing with the, with the problem over and over and over and over and over. I'm just going to sweep it up. I'm just going to take care of it. You can get it taken care of, amen, if you'll spend time, amen, on the offensive and not wait till the trouble comes. 
Come on, you cover it in prayer. You cover it, amen, at an altar with the Lord. You build your house on a rock. That way when the storm comes and the winds blow and the rains fall, your house is already situated on a place that cannot move, on a place that cannot that cannot wobble when your life is built upon a rock. You don't have to stop sleeping in the middle of every storm that comes your way. You gotta build on a rock. You gotta get off the defensive and move to offense. You gotta move to offense. You know scripture talks about a young man in Judges chapter eight. I'm not gonna be long tonight. He said, Gideon said to his son, Jether. Jether was his firstborn son. He said, get up, Jether, and slay them. Get up, Jether, and kill the enemy. Throw that up there real quick. Judges 8 and 20. Would you do that? Turn to somebody next to you and say, hey, Jether. <laughs> Sounds like something from Moco, amen. <laughs> oh, listen, I'm from Moco. Don't get off me. I, my, my family's from McConnellsville. Amen. Eagle Port in the house. He said unto Jether, his firstborn, up and slay them. But the youth drew not his sword, for he feared. Because he was yet a youth. Gideon, the previous generation, speaks to the next generation. Where's that sword at? He says, Jether, Jether. <laughs> he says, Jether, get, get that sword. Slay the enemy. Slay, kill the enemy that's standing right. You don't, have to, you don't have to go out to battle. You don't have to do all these things. I've taken care of all that. Jether, you just have to kill the enemy that's right in front of you. Jether, however, feared and could not operate a sword the way the previous generation could. My fear, young people, tonight is that we stand on the shoulders of a generation that fought to get what we have. It wasn't always this good. We weren't always, we weren't always hearing hundreds of people on a Sunday night. <laughs> Couldn't help but cry because of the, how prevalent the touch of God was during the, during the music tonight. And it wasn't always this way. It was, it was on Marietta Street and on Beaumont Street and it was just a little house group of the Gladmans that, that were just faithful, just, just coming and they'd come hours early and start the wood stove so they could get it up to temperature for the, for the, room, to be, for the room to be warm enough for people to sit in and, Pastor Smith would work a, work a job all day, come in, take his work clothes off and put on his church clothes and teach a midweek Bible. So it wasn't always this good. 
There was some fighting to get where we are today. It took prayer to get where we are today. It took giving to get where we are today. Don't let giving stop with the last generation. Young people, hear me. Don't let sacrificial giving stop with the generation before us. Come on, there's people in this church that have sold boats and houses and cars and given up 401ks and retirements and, and savings accounts and so that, the, so that the, the, the work of God could push forward, so that the work of God could move on. Let us not ever forget, amen, that we stand on the shoulders of giants that have fought to get here. We've got to know how to fight. We've got to know how to use a sword we can't just be satisfied with coming and not sinning but we gotta get a sword in our hand and say if it was good enough for them it's good enough for me if they prayed before church I'm gonna pray before church if they fasted I'm gonna fast if they sacrificed I'm gonna do it I want to know how to use a sword. We got to know how to use. We got to know how to be on the offense and not just on the defensive all the time. He said, listen to me young people. He said in Luke 22 and 36, he that hath no sword, let him sell his garment and buy one. If you've ever needed a sword, I realize there's context to that scripture, but it applies today. If you ain't got a sword, and if you don't know how to use a sword, you better get you a sword. You better get you an apostolic study Bible and learn it and learn how to use it. Learn how to fight with it. Learn how to stand on the word of God. Get a sword get a sword. We've got the helmet of salvation. We've got the breastplate of righteousness. We've got the belt of truth. We've got our feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. And above all, we've got the shield of faith. But in my mind, amen, those are all weapons that are defensive weapons. And that's why the Bible does not stop there. It says that you've got to take up the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. We don't fight. Uh, scripture says it this way. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they are mighty toward God to the pulling down of strongholds. You've got to pick up a spiritual sword and fight what is coming against you. Come on, if you're going to live this life the way God intended it, he's intended you to live it with a sword in your hand. Stand with me all over the building. Music, please come. 645, you're welcome. Let me throw up on the screen Hebrews 4, 14.
you got to know how to use a sword, young people. Man, I feel to tell you that tonight. You got to know how to use a sword. You got to know how to use a sword. Somebody in this room needs to hear. You got to know how to use your sword. You can't just, can't just not lose today. You can't just not lose tomorrow. But it's got to get in us. I'm going to win. I'm going to fight. And I'm going to win. What does a sword do? Let me, let me show you what the sword does. Hebrews 4 and 14. Seeing then that we have a great high priest that has passed into the heavens. Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast to our profession or hold firmly to what we believe. For we have not an high priest which cannot be touched with the feeling of our infirmities. In other words, he understands our weaknesses. But in all points tempted like as we are, yet without sin. Let me... Let me let me give you a use of the sword. Let us. Somebody shout, let us. let us. Therefore, come boldly unto the throne of grace that we, watch, may obtain mercy and find grace to help when in the time of need. You know most of the time that you need grace and you need mercy, you don't feel like coming boldly. It's like, it's like growing up in mom and, mom and dad's house. Friday was chore day. I disagree with that day. I think it could have been a better day. But I submitted, and I'm submitted. I just think it could have been Monday or something. But I submit. Friday was chore day. And I did, most of the time, like a, I, I tried. They were very gracious and kind to me. I, I did my chores. I, you know, swept the floor and cleaned the bathroom and did the things I was supposed to do. Mom's thinking to herself, yeah, that's about all you did. And I didn't give you much more. Loser. If I, if I did all those things and did right and did good, and yes, ma'am, yes, sir. No, ma'am, no, sir. You know, lived a good life that week. Did all my chores. Friday night's here. Confident. You know, I did all my stuff confident. Hey, Mom. Hey, Dad. I'm going to go out with the young people tonight. It's confident. Okay, son. But if I, but if I didn't do that stuff, I didn't, I didn't go with that sort of tone to Mom and Dad. You know, I, if I was a bad kid some of y'all are like you were just bad all the time I don't know what you're talking about I was a bad kid and didn't do my stuff my chores and I was a little bit less confident in my approach for the Luke hey uh, mom 
you know, I, uh, can I go out tonight? <laughs> you know, I know, I know, I didn't do all the things. And Please, can I go out, please? We don't, we don't think we can come boldly when we don't do everything that we're supposed to do. But the sword tells us when your mind is overridden with guilt and shame because of the wrong and the things that we've done, the sword tells us that in the time we need mercy and grace, we can not just, not only just come to the throne of God, but we can come boldly to the throne of God. How many times have we, have we hesitated? Have we backed away? Have we not prayed because of the wrong and the sin and the mistakes in our life? take a punch from the enemy, the word of the enemy. You, not good enough. You, you messed up. You can't approach God. You, you denied God, Peter. You, you can't go, go there. You, you can't, you can't talk to him. You can't, you don't. But the word tells me, regardless of what my mind thinks, I can go boldly to him in my time of need. God, I haven't done everything right, but you didn't design me. You didn't ask for me to dwell in my sin. You told me to come boldly. And so, God, I don't feel like coming. I'm ashamed of what I've done. But I go beyond this mind because it's wicked. This mind is, this mind tells me all kinds of things that aren't right and aren't true. This mind deceives me. This mind leads me to places that, that I should never go. And so I don't trust in my mind. I trust in your word. And I come boldly to the throne of grace because I need it now. I need it today. I need grace. I need mercy. Would you please extend it to me today? People of God, I've come on this Sunday night with a word from the Lord for you. You cannot just, just make up your mind to survive the day. 
but you've got to get a sword in your hand and you got to conquer the enemy that's standing before you. There is a God standing at the finish line who has keys to death, hell, and the grave saying, come on, son, pick up that sword. Come on, daughter, get the sword in your hand. I already gave you the victory. I already gave you what you need. Use what I gave you. Use what I put in your arsenal. You've got the tools. You've just got to use them. I wish a mom and a dad, I wish a young person would stretch their hands toward heaven. Come on and get off of the defensive mode and get on offense right now. I'm not going to survive. I'm going to thrive. I'm going to thrive. My family's going to thrive. My family's going to be well. I wish a husband would grab the hand of your spouse and say, it is well. It will be well in this home. It will be well with my soul. Come on, young people. Come on, young people. He's given you the tools. This altar's open right now. I wish somebody would come with a sword in hand. Come with sword in hand. I stand on the word of God. I stand on the word of God. I stand on the word of God. Hey. Come on, Jethro, you've got a weapon. It's time to use it. It's time to use it. Thanks again for listening to the Anchor Church Podcast. If you enjoyed it, make sure you subscribe so you can keep up on our weekly sermons. If you're in the Zanesville area, we invite you to join us on Sundays. You can find all the details on our website at theanchor.church. Again, thanks so much for listening, and we hope to see you soon.